Living my whole life in a wheelchair has its challenges. But the biggest challenge of all is not what you think. You see, the challenge with the biggest wall to climb is helping people understand what life for a wheelchair user is like. And what I noticed is everyone has their questions. And this podcast will finally give you the answers you've been searching for. My name's Devin Weber, and this is The Wheelchair Project. Hey, what's up, guys? Devin Weber here, and I have uh, my good friend with me, Veronica Garcia. We are actually, um, we're, we're getting excited and ready to do another interview with The Wheelchair Warrior Project. She was kind of briefing me before this interview, letting me know that things were about to get crazy, and so... Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm interested to see how this goes. I, I don't know. I'm trying not to shake, you know, and, and be nervous, but I, I got to be honest with you. I'm a little nervous. I don't know what's about to happen. No, no, no need to shake. Um, just be prepared to be fully open about how you answer the questions. Fair enough. I'm, I'm getting prepared. I'm getting ready. So the name of the okay. game is because I love to talk so much and I told myself in the beginning, you know what, I'm not at Joe Rogan's level yet where I can have three hour podcasts. And so I end up, uh, I end up just setting a 30 minute timer. Obviously, if we go over that, that's fine. But I kind of set it over here on my little robot. So I'll do that. And then uh, the floor okay. is yours. Echo. Perfect. And just fair warning, if you guys see cats flying, they're all healthy. They just like to jump one of them is scratching his yep okay there's three of them they may be flying everywhere that's perfectly normal for sure just beware Echo. okay <laughs> set a timer for okay, 30 my, minutes okay go for it and then i can start my first question is innocent so we'll start we'll ease into it fair enough no pun intended just <laughs> okay so the first question out of curiosity is what actually caused you to be in a wheelchair um, so you want the, the real answer or the funny answer or both? Can I have a mix? Can it be like <laughs> so a blended? The, the reason yeah. why, the reason why I say that is because you'll, you'll find that if you're ever around me, like I, I tend to like to just joke around when people ask me simply because like, I've been asked that question so much in my life, obviously in this realm, like it's different, right? But like, I always joke around, like, they're like, oh, what, what happened with you, man? Wait, like, wait, you know? actually, don't answer that question, because that is one of my questions. It is a follow-up, so give me the truth, because okay. they're, they're, yeah, I see where right. this is going. So give okay. me the true answer, so, and then I'll ask the follow-up question, because I have it written down, and it has to do with that. <laughs> okay, cool. So the true answer okay. is, I have cerebral palsy, so I uh, was diagnosed with that, I believe, when I was, like, two years old. I guess my... I guess my family was starting to figure out like something was wrong just because I wasn't walking and like with what I was doing. My mom said I wasn't even like crawling. She said I did like a weird like army crawl and I would do like rolls like around slide. the house. And, yeah. and so they, they thought something was a little off and they figured that out. Um, and so I had a wheelchair ever since then. Um, I had a wheelchair when I was like two years old. And so I'm actually coming up on my 26th birthday here in five days. So 24 years. Wow, I feel old now. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so it's nice to get that. Um, <laughs> okay, so then 
I'll ask the other follow-up question later. There's a threat to this. Um, did you ever get to use one of the like the cool electric ones that like like Stephen Hawking? No. <laughs> yeah. So, interestingly enough, um, we had a neighbor. We had a neighbor um, that they had. I think it was like their nephew or something um, was in a wheelchair. They had a, a real intense electric wheelchair that was built for him and whatnot, and ended up passing away and they they were gonna sell it and they knew that I was in a wheelchair and they were like hey we don't know if Devin wants this like we'll just give it to you guys like we know obviously he's in a wheelchair and maybe it'll help him get around a little bit and so I was very reluctant to have an electric wheelchair but the interesting thing about it was at that age I was like I think I was like maybe 10 or 11. I used to use it practically as like a, a means of transportation like I would take it like uh, like four miles down the road to like the store and like grab things at the store. And so it, it gave me an interesting sense of like independence before I ever had my license. Um, but yeah, I, I had had a, yeah, I had had an electric wheelchair. The, the batteries on those things died out like crazy. My dad was always replacing them. And my brother, he's not in a wheelchair and him and my cousin, always like to take that thing off of skating ramps and so it didn't last very oh, that'd long that'd be cool <laughs> yeah. no i'm gonna say probably didn't but that sounds fun or like yeah. down the stairs did you ever take it like just go down the stairs with it like just full force? honestly the the <laughs> amount of shocks that they have on those i believe they're actually designed to do some pretty intense stuff um but at the same time i was always really afraid um, so I didn't do too much with it. My brother did that for me. I watched him take it off like a full fledged, like probably like a three foot skating ramp. And he just had no fear whatsoever. Him and my cousin just full force, like just went for it, cranked a little knob. And I'll never forget the first night that they were doing it. Um, I, I was just sitting there laughing, but keep in mind the people that gave us this wheelchair, here was my dad's house here on one side of the street. And right across the street and one house over were the people that gave us the wheelchair. So it's not like they lived far away. And so my dad would come outside and he'd be like, Adrian, what the fuck is your problem? Like the, they live right there. Like they're going to see you doing this and get so mad. And him and my cousin <laughs> were laughing. Like they thought it was like the funniest thing in the world. And they used to do crazy things with it too. Like my cousin Cheyenne, he, he actually like built this like weird device to like mount onto the side of the electric wheelchair and him and my brother would just fly down the street with it and light off fireworks going out of the wheelchair what? they were going yeah they're they're fucking nuts <laughs> see i would have wanted to watch that <laughs> that would have been very entertaining <clears throat> yeah. okay so then with that said have you ever messed with someone right <clears throat> to make them feel like crap for doing something like that on a wheelchair. So meaning like, I'll give you an example because yeah, I have family members that are slightly twisted. Um, when I was like 12 or 11, I went to Disney. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't live in the US yet. We were just visiting. And <clears throat> I have this aunt who is slightly crazy mm -hmm. and she didn't want to wait in lines. So she took me and she was like, listen, Veronica, um, for the next 10 minutes, you're going to just agree with everything I say. You're not going to argue anything. If I tell you to lift up your shirt to show your scar, you will. I was like, what? I was like, okay. 
Um, but if you say anything that goes against what I'm saying, we're going to have an issue. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. And we go into the area to get the wheelchairs. And she basically just makes up the story that I just had my spleen taken out and that I couldn't walk very well. And she was like, kind of like elbowing me to like have a sad face. And she was like, okay, lift up your shirt so they can see your scar. I was like, we're going to hell. I mean, I know I was going to hell before that, but that's, that was like, that solidified it. And, (laughs) and we got the wheelchair and basically we got into every line a lot quicker because she forced me. Well, she didn't force me. We ended up like switching between the people who was in the wheelchair before we got to each line. So have you ever messed with someone, but like not to like, well, to make them feel a little bit like shit, but in a funny way for doing that. Um, so have I ever messed with somebody that I noticed doing that? Or have I ever done yeah. something like that? Oh, it can be both. All right. So to circle back. So there, there was, I, I can't think of a time, honestly, where I've noticed somebody doing that to kind of like milk the system that I've, that I've paid attention to. That's, that's actually okay. a very interesting question that now that you say that I probably will pay attention to it. But to be honest with you, I feel like in those instances, it's like, I may or may not say something anyway. Now my wife, on the other hand, if, if she noticed something like that, Oh man. Yeah. She, she wouldn't hold back. And I, I, okay. I'm to the type where it's like, I, I'm the type of person that like, I don't like that much confrontation when it comes to that shit anymore anyway. So it's like, I okay. basically, my, my wife, if she starts getting crazy, you know, then so be it. But I would probably be red in the face. Like Bailey, stop. Like, don't, it's okay. <laughs> Calm down. Please don't hurt him. And uh, now as far as things that I've done, even being in a wheelchair milking the system. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I there, would like to know that. There are quite a bit of things here. Um, now I will say because I have mentioned this on one episode before, I'm going to add an additional piece to it as well. So, um, now on previous episodes, I mentioned of a time, there was one time in particular, this is probably the first time I remember doing that. And I still, there's still a part of me that feels a little bad for doing this to this day, but you know what? Gotta do what you gotta do. So anyways, I, um, I bought tickets to go see Ed Sheeran, the uh, the musician. Okay. And well, I bought a ticket, let's say. And I could not buy two tickets. By the time I went to go buy a ticket, there was only one available. And I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to buy this ticket. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but I don't want to go to this concert by myself. And so I got to devise a plan. And so leading up to it, the Ed Sheeran concert was probably like, you know, four months from that point. And so... I was thinking to myself, I already have somebody that I know will go with me, but I need to get him a ticket somehow, some way. So my thought was, I'm just going to continue to look online. You know, eventually somebody will want to sell their ticket and I'll be good to go. Never happened. I continued to look online. Nobody was selling tickets. Additionally speaking, I was like, okay, if nothing else, I was like, we'll go to this venue and people will be trying to sell their tickets at the door, which is fine. I'll pay like triple the price. It's no big deal. And, um, and we realize as we're going to this venue, it's like a three mile stretch of this area in Denver that's just in the middle of nowhere. 
Um, and it's just people begging people for tickets. And I realized at that moment, oh, I looked at my friend, I was like, shit. I was like, dude, I don't know if we're going to be able to get you a ticket. Well, coincidentally, this, this venue was actually set up in like the middle of a rock. It's, it's called Red Rock Amphitheater. Go figure. Ah, okay. Um, and so the, the stage was literally like in the middle of a rock and like, it was pretty high up too. So I had to like wheel up these giant ass hills to get there. And, um, I told him, I said, Manually. The, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Without the electric wheelchair. <laughs> without and, the fun, uh, yes. Okay. And so I told him, I said, look, Antonio, I said, if I said, if, for whatever reason, we can't get you into this concert, will you be all right? And he was like, yeah, dude, I'll just sit up on one of those rocks and like, I could probably still hear the concert. He's like, I don't give a shit. I was like, all right, cool, fair enough. And so I was, we were trying and like trying to figure something out, seeing if anybody had any tickets that they knew of. We were like asking around, nothing. Additionally, I'll never forget, as we're looking at the like start of the venue, there were these line of just girls just sitting there crying because they wouldn't let them in, like wouldn't let them buy a ticket or anything. And I was just like, fuck. And there were probably 11. Yeah. I was like, fuck, how are we going to do this? And I don't usually take advice from my older brother, but there's this one moment that I still owe him. I would say it's, it's this moment here because he just happened to call me. He was like, sup dude, you guys at the concert? I was like, yeah, you know, we're, we're still trying to figure out how we're going to get Antonio in. Like we just, obviously we can't buy a ticket. Like there's just no, there's no buying a ticket. And he was like, dude, come on. Don't be a dumbass." I was like, why? What's up? <laughs> He's like, bro, you're in a wheelchair. Use it to your advantage. He was like, Antonio is no longer your friend. He's now your caretaker. You're absolutely helpless. You yes. can't, you can't go in there without him. He left his ticket at home you guys don't live in Colorado. He's like, what's the worst that can happen? They say no, but now yeah. they're letting somebody into the concert that they believe is helpless. And so, yeah. um, I like the mind of your brother. And so yeah. I, and I, I hate to say it, but I, I'm really good at pulling this stuff off if I want to. And so as bad as that may make me seem, but you know what? If, if I'm going to hell, I'm going to hell, I guess. I just nothing I can do about it. But, I feel like we're all going there, so it's okay. I mean, it's just who gets there first, who's driving, and who's on the back of the bus. There That's you the go. And so I, at this point, now that we have this plan, Antonio's like, all right, so what do we do? I was like, here's the deal. I was like, I have my ticket right here. I'm going to pass them my ticket, but I'm literally going to be looking beyond them. I'm not going to be looking them in their eyes. I'm going to be looking scared out of my mind, and I'm not going to say a word. And I said, and then as soon as they ask you for your ticket, tell them you left it at home. You tell them you're my caretaker, but you leave it alone. You're not asking them to get into the concert. You're saying, hey, listen, I know this is a sold out concert. I know you probably can't let me in, but I just want you to know, like, you know, if he needs anything, like if he needs to go to the bathroom, he, he might need somebody to just go with him and help him. Like, leave it at that. Make them be in such an awkward position that they're almost forced to let you in. And uh, so he was like, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried. He said, I'm a little worried about him. I'm not going to lie. You know, there might be a moment where, you know, he needs to go to the bathroom or whatever. And if that's the case, if somebody is just willing to just take him there, it would, it would mean the world to me. And, uh, and so 
she pulled us aside that we were in a group of like eight or nine people that were collecting tickets. And this one lady pulled us aside and she said, listen, she said, this is a sold out concert. She said, but I don't want to see him in there by himself. And I don't know what I would do if he was in there by himself. She's like, so I'm going to let she, you. What she was trying to say without saying it, I don't want to have to be the one to take him to the bathroom. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. She said, <laughs> she said, I'm going to let you into this concert, but you never tell anybody that I let you into this concert. Cause I can get in a lot of trouble for doing this. And so he was like, yep, sounds good. I won't say a word. And so he starts rolling me in. And it's like this long stretch to even get around the corner to get into the actual venue. And he starts getting all pumped up and I'm, I'm like whispering to him. I was like, not yet, not yet, bro. Not right. Yet. <laughs> and we get into our seats and I look at him. He looks at me. I was like, motherfucker, we just got you into a sold out Ed Sheeran concert. <clears throat> and so thanks to your brother and his genius head. <sighs> I know. I <laughs> Oh, the world to him after that moment. Um, now, the other thing is, so I, I didn't, so my wife, I'll, I'll tell you all three scenarios, even though I brought it up in another episode. It's okay. It'll, it'll help my storytelling. And so Go my, for it. my wife brought this up in the last episode that I posted and I totally forgot about it because I think my mom asked a similar question. She was trying to put me on blast just to be funny. And so I was like, or no, this is what it was. Bailey was like, hey, why don't you tell your mom about what you used to do in, in college because you're in a wheelchair? And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot all about that. <laughs> and so there was this one time I was in, I was in like a, a trigonometry class and it was an 8 a.m. class and nobody wants to do math at 8 a.m. No matter how good at math you are, I'm, no. I'm pretty good at math, but nobody wants to do math at 8 a.m. And so I used to dread it. I would like wake up, roll out of bed, and I would be up in enough time to go, but I just wouldn't go. And I lived on campus. Wait, the rolling out of bed is no pun intended, right? Uh, <laughs> it depends on who you're talking to. Um, but anyways, okay. so I, I would roll out of bed on both accounts. And yes. imagine if I like laid in my bed in my wheelchair, that'd be wild. And then I just literally rolled out of bed. Or uh, if you, your wheelchair became your bed. Hey, I don't know. That's <laughs> very true. That's this, it. Has, this has us all thinking here. <clears throat> yep. But anyway, so um, I was probably close to getting dropped from this class. And the funny thing is I was doing well in this class, but they just, you know, they have a policy after a certain point of missing so many classes, like they're just going to drop you regardless. And I remember after one class that I finally made it to, he pulled me aside after class and I just kept thinking in my head, shit, this dude's going to drop me from this class. And, uh, and I was like, damn it, damn it. I can't be dropped from this class. Like I need this class. And, uh, he, he was like, Hey, I just wanted to talk to you about something for a second. And I was like, yeah, what's up, dude. And he was like, uh, so I noticed that you've been, you know, late to class quite a bit. And there are some absences you have going on as well. It's like, but you're also doing really well in this class is like, I realized that, you know, it's really hard to get around campus in a wheelchair. And so he's like, and the light bulb. Went yeah. Off. <laughs> he said, he said, if it's okay with you, I think it's a good idea for you to just come here for the quizzes and the tests and you can do everything else on your own. He said, I'm perfectly okay with it. 
And I was just like, yep. yeah, you're right. It is pretty difficult. Yeah. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to, you know, bring up I'm glad to, you like, felt people's it. attention. Yeah. And so here's the, here's the funny twist to it. So he allows me to do that. And for the most part, I used to just hang out in the, in the tutor center because my, one of my advisors was like the head of the tutoring center. So like, I just used to hang out there and do all my work. If I had any questions, like people were there to help. And she was actually really smart too. So she would always help me on stuff. And, and I'll never forget the day after that happened. Um, she was good friends with this guy and I'll never forget his name. His name was, it was John Locke. And uh, apparently I almost forgot his name because I just said, I believe his name yep. was, but anyway, uh -huh. yeah. um, and I guess she had talked to him quite a bit. And so he must've brought it up or something. And she was like, Hey, so, uh, I talked to your, uh, I talked to your teacher, uh, Mr. Locke. I was like, yeah, what's up? And she's like, I heard about what he let you do. And I was like, mm-hmm. She's like, that's bullshit. And I was like, what? She's, <laughs> like, she's like, I know you're perfectly capable of rolling to class or rolling around campus or doing whatever you're doing. You're just milking it, aren't you? And I was like, maybe. She's like, you're lucky no. I don't say anything. And I was like, well, I appreciate She's you. Like, it was his idea. <laughs> no, exactly. I was like, it's, it's his idea, not mine. I just, <clears throat> um, I just so, went along with it. He happened to mention it, and I did not disagree. That's all. Exactly. See, I'm, I'm, we're on the same page here. And so, yeah, that was my whole semester, and I still passed the class with an A. And so I did all right. Now, I did mention that I would give you a bonus one. And I was trying to yes. think of one because I want to, I want it to still be fresh. And so okay. when I was, I, I flew to, Con, or no, sorry, I flew to uh, New York city one time and I flew by myself. It was actually the first time I flew by myself and it was a, it was a flight that was pretty crowded. And I, I had knew there was kind of like a first class in this airline and I didn't want to pay for the, for the ticket. And Nobody so, does. and so I was like, you know, what? I'm going to try something and see if it works. And so I was like, I was like, Hey man, I was like, you know, I, I hate to bother you. And I don't, I don't know how like full this flight is. I was like, but I was just curious, you know, I'm, I'm flying by myself. Obviously I'm in a wheelchair and my seat is like all the way in the middle of the plane. And I just, I'm, I'm kind of worrying if like, I need to use the restroom. I don't know if it's possible if you could upgrade my ticket so that I could be closer to the restroom, maybe in the front of the plane. Um, and I was like, I know that's like a different class of tickets. I was like, if you need me to pay for it, that's fine. I was like, but I just, I'm just curious if that's something you guys could accommodate. And he was like, oh yeah, right away. Let me, let me look and make sure there's one available. And I was like, okay, you know, Oh, if you're gonna if you're gonna use your wheelchair chair to your advantage, this is the this is the raw episode of Devin. You you gotta have the the light tone. You can't use your regular energetic tone. So I was like, yeah, okay, no. that, that's that's fine. And uh, and thank so you. I really appreciate it. You're an angel. Yeah, thank you so you much. You mean so much. And I will uh, pray for you tonight. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be in my prayers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And uh, so basically this guy was like, yeah. And he, he upgraded me. Keep in mind to upgrade that ticket, it would have been like 120 bucks extra on that spot. I'm pretty sure it was pretty obnoxious. 
So I, did, I had no intentions of paying for it. If he was going to make me pay for it, I would have been like, oh, man, I forgot my wallet. Um, but yeah. they upgraded. You know, it doesn't fit in the wheelchair. There's no pockets in the wheelchair for your wallet. Exactly. You know that? Did you yeah. know that? This is frustrating. Have you been in a wheelchair? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. No. You don't know what it's like to not yeah. have a pocket for your yeah. wallet. <laughs> And so I, I got the first class like accommodation on that flight on the way to New York. And then on the way back, they also gave it to me for free. And so that I was. I mean, and do I hope that you do that on every flight now, right? Uh, we, we tried. <laughs> uh, my wife and I flew, my wife and I flew the, the same. Um, we flew the same airline. When we went to New York, we fly into New York a lot because my grandma lives in Connecticut. So it's a lot cheaper to just fly into New York from like where we lived at the time because it was a direct flight and then just take a train to my grandma's house, which was only like an hour from there. Um, and so it, it ended up being a lot cheaper. So that's what we'd always do. And uh, we tried on the way there and it worked. And on the way back, they were like, no, we're not going to do that. Like they were very stern about it too. They were like, no. They're like, you could pay for it. And we're like, nah. <laughs> I probably, those people had not had sex in probably at least two months. I feel <laughs> like that's normally, when people are truly pissed off at life, they just need a little bit of sex. I feel like it cures everything. People just don't know that. Uh, I've, hey, I, I've seen it. Yeah. It, at it jobs. Was, it was probably when like. All of a sudden people have like one of those weekends, like they're assholes all day or they're a total bitch like most of the time. Then all of a sudden you feel like they come back the next weekend, like the next week and they're smiling. You're like, everything's great. You're like, you got some, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Great job. Congrats. <laughs> Please keep doing that. Can you just do that every weekend so that you're stop being a bitch or an asshole? That'd be great. <laughs> Make it a permanent thing. Yeah, I think it was probably, you know, two parts of that and maybe one part the fact that we were in New York City, so they just don't give a fuck. Um, you, find, yeah, yeah. you find very little people that, like, actually care in, in New York City and at least nice to, to people that don't live there and whatnot. And that's what I noticed, too, even going through the airport. When I went by myself, um, when I went by myself, um, I was rolling at one point in JFK. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's a it's a pretty big. Airport. I lived in New York City for two years, so yeah, oh, okay. Me, I know yeah, so all there. those all those different terminals that you'd have to go through just to get to like your specific terminal where your gate was, I was yeah. like tripping out, like taking all these different like trains or whatever. And I'll never forget at one point I'm like rolling up this giant ass hill to like get to a certain part of the airport, and all of a sudden I just feel like the weight of me pushing my chair like lifted off of me and I look back and I see someone pushing me. He's like, Hey, you mind if I give you a hand? I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, right, right away, right away. And I was like, you're not from here, huh? And we both started laughing. He was like, nah, I'm not. I was like, yeah, I could tell. <laughs> and so yeah, New Yorkers are not particularly, um, I was in crutches once in New York city and had to still take a cab to work. Cause the subway, I would have died. Somebody would have trampled me for sure. Oh, absolutely. And, I literally had to, I caught my fifth taxi because all the other ones from me going like taxi and having to make it to the taxi, somebody would steal my taxi. Like they would see me in crutches and I'm like, people are pieces of crap. They're like, don't care. Not even looking at you. You can get run over by a car. I'm just going to keep, I need to get to work. You're like, 
I've I've never met more ruthless people in my life than going to New York City by myself. And I even there were a couple trains I had to take, even just connecting the like Penn Station to get on the Amtrak to get to my grandma's house. Penn Station's bad. It's not. um, It's not human friendly. It's only New Yorker friendly, but not rest of the humans. And people were like bumping into me, bumping into me in a wheelchair, just bumping into me, like not caring, freaking kicking my wheels. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves. I can't stand when people are walking and they're not paying attention and they kick my, they kick my wheel and I can feel it. I'm looking back like, watch where the fuck you're walking. What the hell? Um, See, then I would run the, I would. What I would do, I guess, I am driving the bus to hell. I'm not the passenger. I'm definitely the driver. <laughs> I would honestly, like, go behind them and then run them over. Be like, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they didn't see you. Like, no, I, gigantic um, person. Yeah. I, I am definitely, I'm definitely okay with running over people. And I would say there, there are two types That was of people, one of my questions. There are two types of people <laughs> that i'll just answer for you so there are two types of people that i notice that do not see wheelchairs that wheelchairs do not exist to them new york new yorkers and drunk people uh i'll, I'll well, kind of drunk people kind of have an excuse i will give the new york the drunk people an excuse the new yorkers don't have an excuse drunk yeah. people kind of do they're trying to now, keep their balance now imagine <laughs> imagine a drunk new yorker Oh God, no! Don't yeah, no. That's now, not never a now good combination. We're, now we're fucked. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So I'll circle back to that in a second. I'll actually answer your question. So in regards okay. to, um, in regards to actually, like, if I've ever just like blatantly ran over people. Well, my question was kind of like, because I do this not in a wheelchair, but just you know, just running them over. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a pet peeve that when I am behind somebody, like here in Madrid, I live in Madrid, um, people just like to take over the entire sidewalk. Like if there's five people, they just walk the entire length of the sidewalk and you're like, you can't just bunch up in a, or they just stop in the middle of the sidewalk to talk. And there's like nowhere to go. It's like, come on. So I am the person I politely always say, excuse me, excuse me. But by the third time that I say, excuse me, and you don't even turn around, I will run you over. Like, I don't care if you're old, a child, I don't, except for pets. Pets, I won't run over. Um, (laughs) Old people, yes, get out of the way. Because I just, at some point, they're just rude as hell. So my question was more about that. Like, if you're, you know, trying to get into a bus or whatever it is, and you're like being polite and be like, hi, excuse me, I need to, or can you get Uh, out of the way? Fuck yeah. Yeah. No, and that's that's the interesting thing here, the timer's about to go off let me just kill it just so we don't hear it in the recording echo i want i really wanted to see you jump stop timer damn it <laughs> i really wanted to see that <gasps> that would have been great the problem is, is i keep i keep looking at the timer so i would have known anyway but okay so this is the okay. interesting scenario so keep in mind my, my wife it she's she's pretty intense like if people are being like disrespectful in the sense of like me being in a wheelchair now okay. where the role is flipped and like she's a little less assertive and I'm a little bit more intense is um, when we're in a situation where like we're in a big crowd and people just aren't paying attention. Like we're literally trying to get past them. We're saying, excuse me, and they're not moving. And, yeah. you know, we've been in like airports and things like that or just bigger mm-hmm. crowds and people aren't moving. And I'll just, I'll get to the point where I'll tell her if she's pushing me, just, run into them i don't give a fuck 
go for just it. Just keep going. No, like, I literally told him, I'll put my foot out and I'll make it hurt. Like, let's go. Let's do it. And so, yeah, if you're, if you're in a big crowd and I'm telling you, excuse me, and you're not listening to me and I'm even like tapping on your shoulder and you're still not budging. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm, I'm going for your now, <laughs> Have you ever lifted your foot up enough so that it can hit them in the asshole or no, is that not possible? <laughs> I never thought about that. You know, I I'm now I'm going to try. I'm definitely going to try. I think that's, that's because, something, you I know, should. that's uncomfortable, but it really gets the point across. What I've never done, but now, now you got my, my wheels turning here. My evil yeah. wheels turning mm -hmm. is that yep. if you think about it, if I lifted my leg up just enough to hit like where their knee meets right there. Oh, they would they fall flat on their face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. I, you I, know, like, or when people have like their legs straight, you know what I mean? And you kind of just, just a little, a little nudge on their knee to kind of go like that. That's what you need to do. Yeah, definitely. See, honestly, yeah, man. See, that's no, what I would do. I would. I know. <laughs> I know it's my. I know it's my evil wheels turning. But just as a disclaimer, I only start doing this shit when it's literally like the last straw. I've literally told you blatantly, like, hey, yes. excuse me, and right. you know, hey, excuse me, and I'm being nice and maybe even tapping them on the shoulder. It's still nothing. I'm like, okay, apparently I'm invisible. Right. I'm gonna show you that I'm here. <laughs> The, Listen, I yes, I am all up for always be polite at first. I always am. But when the, my politeness doesn't get across you after the third time, then it's fair game. You see the dark And side I love it here because in Spain, you can, I, I found a way that people do get out of the way quicker, like without having to say, excuse me three times. So you just have to say it once. I literally come like this close to them. They don't realize it. I'm like right here. And when I'm right here, I say, excuse me. They're like, ah! and then they get out of the way. That <laughs> sure way to get yeah. them out of the way on the first try. Um, but otherwise, people are just rude in general. Like they hear you. You know, mm -hmm. they hear you. Like they kind of tilt their head. Right. They just don't care. Well, then Fuck I em. think it's fair game to run you over. My mom always told me I need an air horn. Oh. <laughs> <gasps> Can you make it like, can you put it in like the side of the wheelchair and it just goes like, <laughs> kind of like, you know, like when you're on a bicycle, you have the little, yeah, I don't know, just, the little hard to get out of the way, but this one's a little bit louder. <laughs> yeah. Or you have that and you put it in the back of a, like a megaphone. So it's just blaring oh. in your ear. You're like, what the hell is that noise? <laughs> yes. But yeah, you need to get very close to them. Like absolutely. be like right in their ear, here. make their ears ring. That's the goal. And then they'll jump out of the way. <laughs> they will hop their ways. <laughs> yeah, my and, and that's the thing too. So my my instance where I experience where drunk people like obviously like, you know, a wheelchair is invisible is uh, some friends and I were at a house party when we were in college. And keep in mind the town where I went to college was a really small town. So there was like not much of anything going on. Like the whole town is basically like one main road for like 10 minutes and then you're out of the town. And so the one house where there would always be parties, they called it the rugby house. Lo and behold, it was all of the rugby players lived at that house. So they'd always throw like pretty intense parties and they were considered like the cool kids, even though I'm pretty damn cool, but. Um, yeah, they didn't know what they were saying. Yeah, I just didn't wear their, their weird ass striped shirts. And so because of that, I, I wasn't as cool as them. But um, That's anyway. That's another cult. Yeah. Exactly. 
And so we were we were all hanging out and a friend of mine, they they wanted him to like rap at the party. He was he's a rapper. He had like some songs and they were like, yo, we want you to perform here. And he's like, all right. So we're all like showing up at this party and we're trying to be all cool and like show our support and whatnot. And I'm trying to get through this crowd of people. Now I have my friend Dalton in front of me and he's a bigger guy. He's a really big dude. And uh, my friend Nate was on the other side. He's also a pretty big dude. And these people were just going crazy, like starting a mosh pit and everything. And people are like falling up against me. So like every two seconds, you just see my friend Dalton and my friend Nate just like shoving people out of the way. And like they're drunk. They're having a good time. So they just think it's like part of the mosh pit. They're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Push yeah. Back. So I, I was invisible to all of them. So they were literally the whole night practically my bodyguards. And that was actually at my wedding. Um, Dalton was actually my best man. And that was actually the story he told was talking about that instance where he was like, yeah, you know, don't ever forget. Like, you know, I, I had your back in that moment, bro. And, and so, yeah, it, it was pretty intense. It was a pretty intense night for sure. And what's funny is our friend Brian, that was like up on the little stage that they made, he had no idea. We were telling him about, that, about this. And he's like, really? I was like, yeah, dude, people just kept falling all over me. And at that point too, I'm getting pissed. So I'm like, cool, it's fair game. And so I'm shoving people out of the way, kicking them as they're like coming at me. I was like, might as well try to have fun with it, I guess. But you are part of the mosh pit. I yeah. mean, that is what you do in a mosh pit. Doesn't you gotta size or <laughs> you gotta mosh for sure. Um, yeah, I I started to say something too, and then I said I was gonna circle back to it, but I I forget what it was. I don't know. Hold on. Um. Well, actually, another question. And this can be the last question because I know we're running out of time, <clears throat> which was part of the first question, but I told you not to answer it. Is when people have asked you, like, why you ended up in a wheelchair, what is the craziest made-up story that you have ever said? So, <clears throat> there was one time, and this this happened unintentionally, but I just kind of went with it. I I'm I'm really good on my I'm really good on my toes, even though I could barely stand on my feet somehow. Um, hey, but it doesn't matter. You know, I. Uh, <laughs> I basically, I'm, I'm really good at like improvising on the spot with shit like that. And so there was this one chick that I have this giant ass scar on my head and it was from a surgery. And she was like, Hey, how did you get that scar on your head? And I was like, Oh, it was from, from a surgery when I was younger. And she was like, Sergio. And a bell went off in my head and I was like, yes, yes, it was from Sergio. I said, you know, um, before I was actually in a wheelchair, my dad and I, we like golfing quite a bit. And, uh, you know, we were hitting around our golf balls one day and I hit my golf ball into the water. And, you know, I probably should have just grabbed another golf ball, but I was stubborn. I wanted that golf ball in particular. It was my golf ball. And so I jumped in the water and I went to go grab it. Well, there was an alligator in the, in the water and him and I got into a fight. And that's essentially what came of it. I got bit in the head by an alligator named Sergio. And she was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, no, that was, that was his name, Sergio. And so <laughs> that was probably like the funniest even, story I've ever told. <laughs> I'm even laughing harder because I have told a story about getting bitten by an alligator and that's why I had my scar. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I have tons of fun with it. And not even to be a dickhead these days. I, I think the, the biggest thing, and my mom always told me this, because it used to bother me as a kid that people would ask so much. And she was like, yeah. well, people, people aren't going to stop asking. She's like, so you might as well just have fun with it. And I was like, okay. Correct. And so, I mean, people are always asking too. And obviously now, like, I might fuck with somebody out the gate, but like at the same time, it's like, I'll still, I'll still tell them. Um, but I'll, I'll joke around even with my friend and like when we're around other people, you know, um, like if, if I see something, like I see a NASCAR race or something like that going on, I'm like, yo, bro, you remember when I was on track to be a NASCAR racer before my accident? It's like, yeah, dude, those were the days. People are just that was like, gnarly. That was like, gnarly. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, honestly, I, uh, I prefer to joke around about it just because that's just the type of person I am. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I, I'm not afraid to tell people like what, what has actually happened. But yeah. I, I, but I honestly, honestly, but those stories are helpful when you're younger, you know absolutely. what I mean? Like as, a, as an adult, I think it's, it's a little bit easier to tell your truth and just be open about it because you're comfortable with it. But as a mm -hmm. kid, when people would just keep asking, like I remember with my scar, people just keep asking or kids are rude and they're like, ew, what happened to you? What is that? Yeah. And you just develop a mechanism, defense mechanism of just making up weird stories because then people laugh, you laugh, and then they stop asking the questions. Yeah. So, I, makes perfect I, sense. And I, I got really good at like making up stories and doing shit too. Cause like I, I experienced like a lot of weird things as a, as a kid, like at a certain point, I feel like, you know, it didn't bother me because kids didn't notice like the differences or the wheelchair, but then you, you end up hitting like fourth or fifth grade. And that's when people start noticing like, Hey, he's different. Right. And for me right. too, the other thing that I used to be like really self-conscious about is for whatever reason, when I was younger, I had to take like all this medication and whatnot. And as soon as all of my adult teeth started to grow in, I noticed that they were like yellow, like no matter what, like as soon as they grew in, it was just like as yellow as can be. And I was talking to my mom about it and they took me to a dentist and they were like, you just have no enamel on your teeth. That's literally all it is. And so like, that was another thing too. Like as a kid, like people were always like pointing out for me. And like, I think to me, it's like, now it's so much easier just to be like, whatever, like, fuck you. And even with the wheelchair thing, but as a kid, it, it's weird. <laughs> I think it's almost better to just make up funny stories or, you know, say you paint your teeth yellow yeah. every morning just because it's your favorite color i don't know <laughs> like but yeah honestly it's i my mom taught me to if you make fun of yourself first no one can make fun of you absolutely so if you laugh at yourself first you kind of stop whatever anyone wants to try to make fun of you for because you're already laughing at yourself and you're making fun of yourself so i did that um when i was younger with my scar but then also when i moved to the u.s and i didn't speak english People yeah. make fun of you of your accent or whatever it is. So I would make fun of myself first, and then people would just stop. They're like, "What? What else are you gonna make fun of? Like, <laughs> there's nothing else left." See, it's, I already did it all. It it just it <laughs> makes me it makes me like wonder sometimes because it's just like I don't understand why people like are so quick to like make fun of people just in general. Maybe it's just because I'm in this situation that I'm in. Like I I empathize with it and I understand it, but at the same time, it's like. It's so weird that to most people, it's like almost their natural reaction to like make fun of what's different. And how do we even classify what's different at that point? We're all different individuals. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know. 
people classify well i've realized that when well people make fun of others about what's different Mm -hmm. about them because they don't want people to know what's different about themselves meaning so if i make fun of you for something that you're different at no one's going to be looking at me because i have something that makes me different so if i project my insecurities onto you then the attention is on you it's not on me so I always thought that maybe nice. people were just jealous of the fact that everywhere I went, I had a seat. And if they're in like a really big conference room and they're well, all running I out have. of seats, like I still I'm have gonna... one. <laughs> I would. I've actually thought of buying here because the old people here, like they live to like a hundred and something. So they're walking and like when they're 90 something, they're still walking, go to the grocery store. And I saw this guy with one of these things. It was like a walker, but it was also a seat. I was like, is it the one where like you push forward? It almost has the brakes kind of on the front of it. And like, if at any point you wanted to, you could technically just turn around and pop a squat. Those are actually, those are pretty I common. I thought about buying like, one of those. Yeah. Those are, those are pretty common as like, you know, medical equipment stores. Cause they're actually not too expensive yeah. of a walker, which is nice. So no. you see a lot of people using those, yeah. but yeah, I mean, well, they have some that are kind of a cane and then it come it somehow converts into a tiny seat. I was like, huh. You press a button and it's all poof, 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 poof. Like, whoa, Listen, I don't think it should be chair. only for old people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Why does I, it only have to be for old people? I mean, you know, I don't blame you for wanting a seat. Maybe I could oh, well. just start I mean, renting. Yeah. If I if I just have work, I could sit in a computer chair and I could start renting out my chair to people. Like go to coffee shops, okay? That's fully crowded, right? But you find a seat. You get there first. You find a seat, and then you have your wheelchair next to you. It's and then when people can't find rent. a seat, be like, "Don't worry, just five five dollars a minute." Just five. <laughs> listen. I'll give this to you for one price of sixty nine ninety five for one hour. It's nice and cozy. I even brought an extra blanket if you get cold. Um, <laughs> I wonder how many people. The funny thing is, too, I feel like some people would just want to be in the wheelchair just so they could, like, pop a wheelie and shit. Also, so you can rent it out for that. Hey, do you want to – have you ever wanted – has your dream always been to pop a wheelie in a wheelchair? Well, your dreams are coming true today. You can rent my wheelchair for just $9.99 for 10 minutes, and all your dreams will come true. You can make a funnel. That that. that comes with one (laughs) instruction on how to pop a wheelie. Yeah. Um, insurance is not, is not part of it. It's not covered. You should have your own insurance in case that you bust your ass. <laughs> that kind of made me think I, so there was actually one time in particular there, I, I won't, I won't name drop in case she ever listens to this podcast. I won't make her feel bad about it, but there was okay. this one girl when I was growing up, um, we were, we were kind of like seeing each other, whatever. And so at one point she was like messing around with my wheelchair and I just, I wanted to fuck with her. So I was like, I was like, Hey, I don't mean to bother you. Like you can mess around in my chair. That doesn't bother me, but I just want to make sure, are you insured to ride one of those? (laughs) And like completely straight faced, she looks at me all confused. And I was like, no, I mean, I'm not even fucking with you. I was like, you know, you just actually have to have like insurance to be in one of those. I just, I don't want anything to happen to you or anything like that. And she was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. She's like, Oh, okay. I should probably get out of it then. And so I was like, 
I just love Ride in a wheelchair may cost you to end up in a wheelchair. Exactly. So you may uh, want to be careful. <laughs> it's also funny, too, like, how, like, kids like to cling to my wheelchair. And I, I feel like I feel like it bothers parents a little bit. But, like, if I'm in a gathering of people and I go and just get out of my wheelchair and my wheelchair is, like, just sitting next to me and there's kids there, I'll do they'll start crowding my wheelchair. Like they'll start jumping in it, trying to roll around. And that doesn't bother me, but you always see like parents getting all crazy. Like Billy, get your ass over here. <laughs> um, but you know that- I feel like if parents would allow the kid to just ride, like get on the, on the wheelchair, it would take away the stigma of, Oh, that's different. No, mm-hmm. it's just like a chair. It just happens to roll around. They're like, yeah, I, I roll around in these all the time for fun. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. <laughs> I, uh, and that's the thing too, is like, so like for, my siblings and like my niece and nephews like to them it's just normal right and so like they're always trying to roll around in it my little sister her and I are 13 years apart and when she was like really little maybe like one and a half two years old she would just like jump in the wheelchair and like try to roll it around the house I I don't know I think it's the cutest thing in the world when like a little kid is in my chair like the size for me so I think it's funny but yeah parents get super super heated too but uh there was even uh, there was even an instance recently where uh, my wife and I were at this store and um, we were rolling past an aisle and uh, all of a sudden I just hear out of the corner out of the corner of this aisle I hear this kid go that's a scooter and I was like <laughs> I had, so I immediately stop and I'm laughing and I roll back to just like say hi to him and the parent is like just looking like completely wide-eyed like scared out of her mind and I start laughing and I was like yeah I mean you're close not quite but yeah you got it and he was like you're kind of slow you need to go faster I was like you're not wrong (laughs) she's like stop working on the speeds no (laughs) like scared out of her mind like I was gonna like say something but I just think it's hilarious and to be honest with you, like things like that are the reason why I do something like this is because a kid yeah. is, is not afraid to say something. Right. But you get to a certain point, it's like a, an adult, like what is an adult going to say to me? Like most adults are just going to look at me and, and wonder. Right. But in an instance like this, they actually have that, yeah. that outlet to say, okay, this was a question I, I've had for a while and here it is. And so I, I think that's like the yeah. beauty of it too. But we may have to do a second one because I still have a lot of questions that were not answered. I mean, this was fantastic and I liked the way it went, but there are several other questions that I have well, <clears> that we can what? do it on episode two. I mean, either so. way, I'm, I'm chilling. It's up to you. I'm, I'm all ears. I don't mind. I don't mind okay, if this well, is a, I don't mind if this is a Joe Rogan experience life you- podcast. <laughs> it's okay. With, hey, if, if he okay. can have Kanye on there for three hours ranting about random stuff, then you know what? We we can talk about some pretty serious stuff here. Okay. All right. So my two questions are, one is just honestly out of curiosity. Do you, do you feel it when you poop? Like, can you, like, do you feel from here? To, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. You do feel yeah, it when I, you, okay. So I'm, right. I'm not, so that's the, that's the thing that like, We've, like you're not fully I've, paralyzed from the waist down. No, no. I could I okay. could feel I could feel my legs and everything like that. I could even move my legs. Um, okay. I um 
there are like certain areas of my legs that maybe I have like less feeling, but that's more just like scar tissue than anything. But okay, all right. Because then my second question then was just again about whether you've messed with somebody or not. Um, if you've <laughs> if you've ever been with a girl and then just basically pretended like you really don't feel like much in your legs and be like, oh honey, I'm sorry, but you have to do all the work. You really have to do all the work. I will sit here and that's as far as I go. I really want to enjoy it, but you're the one that has to I've never go, thought to go to town. I've never thought to mess with anybody when it came to like sex and whatnot, but that that's funny. But um I, I have to say, like yeah. my my wife has even kind of opened up about that too. And it's just like in an instance like that, um, I guess it's it's almost weird for both of us because like to to most people that might be the first time that they're with somebody in a wheelchair and to to me it's like i've never been with you before so like let's see how this goes but i won't spoil too much on that because there's actually more on that in an episode that i'll be releasing next week so we'll we'll okay so when but yeah i would have that like if i was ever going to be with somebody that's in a wheelchair because I don't know how to be serious. Like if it's a scenario where you're supposed to be serious, like a funeral, I'm the one making jokes. Like that's my mechanism. It's mm. not proper for certain things. So I would start probably making jokes or ask very weird questions. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you need, do you need me to get you started? Like, how does this work? <laughs> <laughs> how exactly? Is there a blueprint it- for this? <laughs> is there a button that lights it up and then it keeps working or do I need to continue to just <laughs> and hit, what do I need to do? Like, that's the questions I would be asking. <laughs> These are the user manuals we'll be developing in the future with the Ultra Warrior Project. <laughs> yes, please. Like you're like, okay, so I have, yep, yeah, here you are. You came in your wheelchair. Uh-huh. So how do I put you? Do I need to stand you up? Like which positions can we do? Do you see what I'm saying? Like that would be the yeah. questions I would have. I would be like, I don't, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's me. I, feel, I would I make like, light of it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like for that too. I mean, obviously, like in in my regard, I I'm still pretty mobile. Like I would say, like I'm I'm okay. pretty blessed in that instance that I'm that I'm still pretty mobile. As long as I'm holding on to something, I can pretty much stand up. And so it's like, I'm I'm good in that regard. Yeah, I imagine for for some for some people that are a little like worse off and, and who are like paralyzed, it's probably a little bit different. Maybe that original yeah. user manual of having somebody just you have to start them, off. them, then it, it might be useful for me. You know, I I am you know I'm a I'm a strong independent man when it comes to that. So, <laughs> well, good for you and for your wife. I love my wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, but I feel like those would be the mo- like the bigger questions I would have. Like I don't, I don't know. I think because I've obviously I'm not in a wheelchair and I'm not I don't have any disabilities. I just have a gigantic scar where people have stared at it for all my life. Um, so I've always been the person that I prefer if someone just comes to me and asks me an honest question about it instead of trying to just stare at me or try to whisper with each other. Like the honest thing, just come and ask me. Like I have no problem telling you what happened. Right. So I wouldn't ask those questions. Like the normal questions to me are very normal, but mm-hmm. then I would be curious if I like, okay, do I need to carry you to the bathroom? Like what mm-hmm. do I need to be the one to wipe you? Do you reach? Can you yeah. reach? Like, do you need me to, 
that's those are the ridiculous questions that I would have. I think the biggest thing too for for my wife, like when we were first together, she didn't know where her boundaries were. Like as far as like, should I be helping him? Should I not be helping him? So I I think that's true. Even from her perspective, like that was kind of that was kind of the biggest thing for her is like, you know, it's not like I didn't want to help you, but at the same time it's like I didn't know where I was allowed to help you. Like I didn't want to overstep and and you feel like I was just trying to help you just because and I also didn't want to not help you where I should have been helping you. So I think from her perspective right. anyways, that was like the biggest thing that I that I understand like people sorry, I thought I was gonna sneeze for a second. I understood You're that uh, people like really don't know where their place is and that's fine. The nice thing is for me, it's like I'm very open. If I want somebody to help me, like I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. Like but Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean that's a blessing though because I mean there might be some people that <clears throat> Because there's a difference, and I've seen this, like, there's a difference if somebody, you know, starts in a wheelchair from a very, very young age, meaning they're, you know, most of their life, they spend it in a wheelchair, or they had a disability since they were very little, compared to someone who had an accident when they were 20, or later in their life, where all of a sudden, you know, their entire life shifted. So they might not be as open as you are to just ask for help. They might want to just do it themselves. They might want to like, you know, I can still do it. I'm still a man or I'm still a woman. I'm independent. So their yeah. ego kind of plays into it a little bit more because they were Absolutely. one way most of their life. And then all mm. of a sudden they had this like kind of shift yep. of how their life mm. went moving forward. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. that's, that's honestly what I, what I hope to do in the future is start bringing on people that are different from me that are still in a wheelchair, but maybe they haven't been in a wheelchair their whole life because that's even a perspective that I can't speak on. You know what I mean? I always tell people it's like, I consider it as, as funny as it sounds, I consider it a blessing that I've been in a wheelchair my whole life. And the reason being is I, I don't know any different. Like to me, it's normal. As a matter of fact, to me, I have more anxiety trying to walk than I do just rolling my dang chair around. So, um, right. To me, it's like, it's, it's nothing. It's just me. But to somebody that hasn't been in a wheelchair their whole life and like maybe they had something that they were seriously working towards. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. Maybe not. Oh my gosh. I hate when that happens. In the mid same time. (laughs) The, this sneeze is just going to keep building up and then eventually it's, it's just going to, it's going to be bad. But um, that's the thing is like, maybe they were working towards something like maybe they were like this hardcore athlete and they were, they were going to make it big one day. And then they happened to have some sort of accident. And now they're in a wheelchair. Like, I don't know what that feels like. I genuinely don't. And you know, that that's definitely like my goal in the future for sure is to like have people like that on the podcast. And instead of them interviewing me, me interviewing them and just saying like, Hey, like, tell me like, what, what is it like? you know because i'm i'm curious myself yeah. too i have no idea that would be very interesting actually because you're <clears throat> and you can cut this out if you want but <laughs> this next part that i'm gonna say sorry <coughs> sorry um because i because of my scar a couple years ago i started an instagram that's called the love your scar movement 
because mm-hmm. I started to realize that I'm very comfortable with my scar because I've had it since I was seven. I don't remember mm-hmm. a time when I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And I was still self-conscious, like in intimate situations or certain times, like I wouldn't show it off. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I'm fairly comfortable with it. But I started to realize that there's a lot of people that aren't. And most of them are because they had their scar when they were older. Like they got their scar because of an accident or a transplant Mm -hmm. or something. And just from talking to those people and those people like telling me their stories. And I was like, they're like, oh, you're so inspiring. I'm like, no, you're inspiring. Like you had like people would have like brain cancer. They have a scar here. And they're telling me, I was like, no, I feel like you should be the star. So I started creating the stories where I would call people scar heroes and they share their story. Mm -hmm. Like I don't put more of people because I don't have enough content of them. (laughs) So I have to show up in the damn, you know, Instagram sharing my scar because little by little people are like, Oh, she can do it. I think I can do it. So I feel like if you do something like that, it might open up the conversation for people who maybe didn't have anyone to talk to or would understand them. Mm-hmm. That is also in a wheelchair, but it's in a different situation. Like you've been in it since you were little. They, you know, you might have advice for them that might be very helpful that you don't even know that it's helpful for them. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. I've been, I've been trying to really, I've been trying to really think about ways that I could like expand this content. And I was even talking, um, I, I don't know if you know who Carrie uh, Richardson is, but uh he also works. Isn't he in our, he's in some of our calls, right? He always yeah. wears a hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the okay, Texan. Yes. He's a really cool guy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he, uh, I was talking to him and, you know, even being really transparent now that this is being recorded, it's no big deal. I'll, I'll be transparent in that regard. I was telling him, I was like, dude, I was like, I'm like running out of interviews. I was like, I keep having people like cancel on me because I've, I've had quite a handful of interviews where like people are just like oh yeah yeah for sure and then it's just like nothing and I'm just like okay yeah and so I was like and like this was the whole premise of the podcast like I don't know what to do like if I don't have stuff like that and he kind of laughed and we were talking about it and he was like dude he's like no matter what he's like even if you're interviewing somebody or it's just you talking he said you could still make a difference on the fact of like what you were trying to do right. to begin with it's like you could st- still bring awareness to it. You could still talk about it. Like that's that's something that's yours that nobody could take away from you. Whether somebody's interviewing you, you're interviewing them, or you're just talking by yourself. He's like, so don't get in your head, and don't think that just because you don't have an interview that you can't do a podcast. He's like, the, what you're putting out is important, and people still need to hear it regardless. And for me, that was like that was refreshing because I was like, you know what? Like he's right. You know, it's. Uh, I, I feel like oftentimes we don't think th- about it too much, you know? Yeah. And even if you don't think you're helping people, like, oh, nobody's going to really be like, think this is useful or whatever. I promise you that there's always at least one person that gained something <clears throat> Sorry, out of it. You might never know it, that they gained something out of listening to you. But I mm-hmm. promise you that at least one person every single time always benefits from the information you're giving out because you're speaking out of something about something that a lot of people don't want to talk about that a lot of people are either scared of talking about or they think it's taboo or maybe they are in a wheelchair maybe they just had to start using a wheelchair and they don't know anyone in their circle that is in a wheelchair so they have no one to relate to them mm-hmm. you know what i mean like just that part of having someone you can listen to that they can like really relate to that's huge 
for sure. Yeah, I think that's like the biggest thing for me too. I also, honestly, I want to start actually, um, I want to start actually like putting this content out as far as like on YouTube too, even if it's just like having that other outlet of it as well. Cause it's like, yeah, I feel like it's reaching like different people in that regard too. But it's funny. I, when I initially had the thought to do something like this, I think it was a lot of me coming off of like, all these other ideas that I've launched and try to make work and it just didn't work. And, and I was sitting down with my wife one day and I was just like, I just need something that no matter what situation we're in, whether we have $5 in our bank account or $10,000 in our bank account would never change. And she was like, well, you need to stop worrying about like what you have accomplished as an entrepreneur and look at it like, okay, what is something about you that's always going to stay the same that you're always an expert on? And she's like, your wheelchair I was like oh my gosh yes <laughs> and so I was like, yeah so I mean that's that's ultimately where it came from and I was just like you know what if I just had people interview me instead so that they could ask me the questions that they have instead of me just talking I feel like it's more powerful that way and so that's that's kind of where it came from and I, I think it's cool it's nice and um you know I, I'm still trying to find ways to like expand on it for sure i actually have a, a good friend of mine he did it he was actually the first interview that i released and he's been he's been pushing me he's like come on man let's run some ads let's run some ads i'm ready let's run some ads and i'm like yeah yeah dude right away buddy but well honestly if you want there <clears throat> if you start to look for content of people who are in a wheelchair that maybe like started being in a wheelchair later in life um, you can find a lot of people that follow me from my Instagram. For sure. That would, that would be, first of all, like, I don't have that. I have 1,400 followers. I don't have 60,000, but every person there is very open mm-hmm. and just very happy to have people to, that want to talk about these things, that want to um, open up the world of like disability scars, everything that makes people different that, always made them feel like they couldn't belong. I had an idea where I actually started interviewing the scar heroes. So I wanted to put like their story on Instagram. So it's just like their tech story, but then I wanted to create a website where I would actually have interviews with them and go above and beyond of them telling their story and asking them questions and what advice they give to people um, who just got a scar on how they, you know, started loving their scars instead of seeing them as something negative. And I would love, like, when I start again, for you to be one of them. You want Absolutely. when I start again? I have um, one or two scars. You, you just told me you have the one in your yeah. head. So, hey, yeah, that's how I know. Uh, I have quite that's a bit. That's how I know. So, but yeah, and it's it's the same concept. And when you're telling your story about the epiphany you had, and your wife said it, I I had the similar epiphany that I could try and do build businesses. I've done. Uh, pitches to investors about other businesses and things like to actually get it money and get it rolling and none of them ever motivate me it's like okay I know it's a good idea and I know I could probably make money off of it but then when it comes down to it I'm like ah I really don't want to do this I hate it it's not (laughs) that was the biggest thing for me is I would get so far in like one of these endeavors and it's to the point where it's like, okay, I'm either hitting the no turning back phase or I stop. And it's like, I just can't see myself doing this for even five years. Like why do it? Yep. And so, I mean, 
there's nothing I can do I about it. it. I'm still going to be in the wheelchair. So I, I, I should see myself doing this for five years and unless I, at I least, had, you know, <laughs> I had this one friend, um, that told me one time he was like, bro, if we like, let's say hypothetically, we chopped off your legs and he said, and I gave you my legs. Could you walk? I was like, no, it's not going to work like that. Cause that was the thing too, is like cerebral palsy has to do with your brain. So no matter whose legs you uh, put in your body, they would just become right. sticks. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> that would be funny though. <laughs> Why are your just, legs so big? Switch the legs. You know, I wanted to switch them today. I really wanted these legs. They seemed like they were appropriate for what I was wearing. So just switch your legs. <laughs> They, they seemed good legs for this occasion today, this ball that I was going to. But you know what? I, uh, I realize now that I don't look the best in high heels, so I should probably swap them out for uh, some other legs. Yep. Maybe not, not for today. Tomorrow, for sure. Today, not so much. No, so I honestly get it. I, I have a lot of aspirations of what I want to do, and – um, yoga has helped me a lot and meditation and breathing has helped me a lot with like a lot of my anxiety and other shit and things to deal with and kind of open the path for just actually do something you like doing. And right. my scar isn't going anywhere either. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's in the, like it cuts my stomach in half. It's not disappearing as the doctors told me when I was little, Oh, it'll just, it'll go under your boobs. Never made it. It never made not it. Quite. It's just, it, I don't even know why they said that because scars don't do that. Like, it's not like it, your body grows in both ways. It doesn't like, I feel like they were trying to make me feel better, but that wasn't helping. So, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, but yeah, I think you need to definitely take this all the way. I think there's a huge amount of people out there that you can help that just are looking for someone to make it, to normalize it in a way. Mm. like oh like make it so that you can have that conversation that maybe because think of it this way um i'm sure your parents because you were in a wheelchair since you were a baby a lot of their questions were answered by doctors but imagine right. somebody who you know is married and then one person had a car accident now they're in a wheelchair also the spouse doesn't know how to you know what i mean it would actually be very amazing for your wife to also have a time where you're asking her like um what were the questions you had when you first met him like what and the things that you told me about like she didn't know her boundaries about how much to help you not to help you i think that'll be huge a huge part of it too because there's a lot of partners or parents or sons that don't know how to they don't know what to do you know what i mean like they don't know if yeah. they're saying the right thing the wrong thing do right. i help you do i not help you like, what do i do so, so that would be huge as well. I think she can have Absolutely. even her own podcast. Yeah, she could have the, uh, the. Uh, I don't know. I was gonna try to come up with a name on the spot. I can. Uh, she That's likes okay. to. You don't. She, she likes to call it. <laughs> she likes to call herself Wifey Weber, which I think is a cool. Uh, which I, think I like that. Cool. She heard her name being mentioned, and she's giving me eyes. Uh, she's like, what? what is that mean? Yes. Hey, so what just happened? <laughs> No, I actually think that'd be huge because that's a different perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is living with someone who's in a wheelchair. It's dating someone who's in a wheelchair, marrying somebody who's in a wheelchair, like all those steps. That's big. 
that's mm -hmm. also probably something nobody talks about. For sure. I agree. Yeah. I, I Do you have that. an Instagram? I do. If you I, don't, you should have I, one. I barely okay. post on it. That's my issue. I should. No, be, but that's where you should promote your podcast. I should, I should be posting on social media and I barely do. Well, point number one. Yes, you need to do that. Um, because the community on Instagram of anyone with disabilities and a wheelchair, scars and stuff like that is huge and they're amazing. Like, mm -hmm. I'm truly surprised i haven't gotten one nasty comment ever on any of my posts and i post some shit that people should say crappy shit about so like they're very you know they're motivating and they're very nice and they're uh, positive so they're really good people to talk to and open up to so yeah because i sometimes put controversial shit like i do videos um i think i did a video this one didn't get any comments <laughs> Why? They're like, um, should we comment on it? <laughs> well, because sometimes people are honestly afraid. Because the, the, I started doing these videos where I call it like a scar talk, like topics about scars that people don't want to talk about. So, one of them was um, the fact that you have your scar in a certain part of your body. Does it make you feel more self-conscious about that part of your body, or does it make you love that part of your body more? For me, it's made me more self-conscious. So the fact that my scars in my stomach my stomach has always been the area of my body that i'm the most self-conscious about and i think i got one comment that said i like your necklace i was like that's not that's not the point that's not what I'm sweet but, necklace you know what? oh thank you <laughs> i'm glad that that's what you noticed out of the whole conversation um but it goes back to carrie's comments i put it because i know at some point someone's thinking about this and someone at some point thought about it and never talked about it. So I put it. I don't right. get any comments. Fine. Yeah. I don't care. Maybe I do. Maybe somebody, like, what I've ha happened sometimes is that people don't like writing the comment because they're self-conscious or they uh, are scared. They'll DM me directly. I'll be like, hey, I saw your post. I didn't want to comment because I don't feel. People are like, funny. Well, because I don't. Excellent Listen, post. you and I, I have a very different. Back. You and I have a very different perspective on our situations and we can laugh about it. And mm. there's a lot of people out there that don't feel that way. And they were either bullied or they were always made to feel like shit when they were younger. So I get it. I'm not that mm. way. I don't care. I can give two craps. Um, but there's a lot of people that like really do. I mean, I've had DMs of people going like, I've never showed my scar. I'm very self-conscious. Like, I feel like people are going to stare at me. They're going to think ugly or they're going to make fun of me. And like, for if it was me, I'll be like, I don't care. If they laugh, who gives a shit? But that person's mentality is I can't go out of my house. I'm completely ashamed of who I am because I have a scar. So I can't, you know. Yeah. You have to be a little sensitive with some of this. You know what I'm saying? I can't. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't be mean. I can't be mean. In that case, I can't be mean. <laughs> or sarcastic. That's just rude. <laughs> but there is a huge oh, yeah. community. And I think if you use Instagram, Instagram is a good um, entry point for people to find you and then go listen to your podcast or go to your YouTube channel or anything like that. I think for me, and this is going to sound silly, the reason why I don't like posting on Instagram is I always feel obligated to put a whole bunch of hashtags, and I feel like that takes forever. 
It's like um, uh, that's why you create a set of hashtags and then you just copy and paste. Maybe I will. That's what I do. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's what I'll do. I have a set of thirty hashtags, and it's always the same ones that I use. I don't change them. Maybe I change one based. On, yes. Uh, maybe. Okay. <laughs> What's happening? Do you want to talk? Do you want to be part of the conversation? Um, I may change it depending, like if it's a Scar Hero post, I put the Scar Hero one. If it's like, but I change one hashtag. The rest of them are always exactly the same. I don't have time to come up with cool hashtags. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little taxing on my time. I feel like, but yeah, I can't even remember. I'm, I'm gonna pull it up now. I can't even remember the last time I posted on Instagram, and I made the. What is your Instagram? I will find you. Yeah, actually, because I changed the handle. You even know the name of it. <laughs> I, I wanted it to be in line with the podcast, so I changed the handle on it. Let's see. Okay, well, let me tell my mom I'm not de- I'm not dead. Uh. We could we could wrap it up here in a sec too. No, on, I I she, like the. There's nothing wrong with her. She just yeah. she's a Spanish mother. That's all it is. Yes. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's Devin Devin dot wwp, and so you'll notice like. This Instagram has taken some turns because oh, here we go. if you look at the original post that was on here, I actually had another podcast called Wheelchair Warrior, not Wheelchair Warrior Project. And that was... Wait, is this the one? Is this the one? Yeah, it's me, the, the handsome okay. young fellow there. Um, awesome. And so I started, I started just changing around the content and eventually I was just like, well, I'll just use this Instagram for the podcast because I have, I have a personal Instagram that I was using for a while. But the issue with that one is I mm. got an ad account shut down on that one, so I barely ever use that one. So I was like, I need to just use the other one and forget about the personal one because like I don't want to post on like twelve different Instagrams, anyways. I barely want to post on one. <laughs> um, that's what I ended up doing. I had a personal one and I stopped because it it didn't there was no um <clears throat> gain out of that one not even like for family members like like why the hell am i wasting my time posting personal stuff in here when like well, if somebody in my family wants to know what's happening you can call me it's true. i'll tell you what's going on send you a picture <laughs> yeah yes yeah, so that's probably what i'll do uh, i need to be more active on that and then i don't know yeah because you could put the link for the um for the podcast here too i sure can and you can even take um like um to promote it just take a screenshot of like an image of part of like that podcast hey this podcast will be live this time give a snippet of like the conversation this is the person something that people are like okay cool i need to start doing that for sure Hey guys, this is Devin Weber again, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the Wheelchair Warrior Project and supporting this movement. If you like what is behind this movement, please be sure to tell a friend. And if you want to be a part of an interview with the Wheelchair Warrior Project, you can be a part of an interview by going to wheelchairwarriorproject.com. That's wheelchairwarriorproject.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, or do whatever your podcast platform tells you to do. And if you feel so inclined, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast by leaving a review. Be sure to follow us on social media as well. We'll see you around.